Nobody. I think we do a pretty good job of turning off our, our phones. Thank you, and I want to thank everyone for showing up at tonight's special meeting, and I would like to ask County Board Member Dalton Gray. Dalton, if you could lead us in the pledge. Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, And I, um, do we have Ryan Needler? Is Ryan on the line? Ryan? Erica Harris, are you on the line? Present. Yes. Is Ryan Needler present? Okay, if I would, uh, I would, I would entertain a motion to allow Erica Harris and Ryan Needler, if he shows up later. So moved. Mick Madison. So moved. Madison, Mr. Walters. Walters. Thank you. All in favor, signify by aye. 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 Thank you. Uh, we do have some public comments to date. First, we have uh, uh, former mayor of Troy, Al Adamite. Mr. Adamite, if you could come forward and please take your time on the stairs, which if the Supreme Court only knew, probably would not pass OSHA inspection. <laughs> yes, three minutes. Oh, I'll have to be quick. Could you bring that map, that map up that I submitted? Yes. Okay, if I remove my mask while I'm talking. Okay, great. Well, Happy New Year, uh, Chairman, and to members of the County Board. Um, I want to bring your attention this evening to, um, to this map. Um, everyone's heard of gerrymandering. It's the once-every-decade partisan rewriting of political boundaries where politicians get to choose their voters. Um, if you know the history about gerrymandering, uh, the term was named after a former United States vice president, and the, he was the governor of Massachusetts, actually. He was the first guy who used sociodemographics to manipulate elections about 200 years ago, so it's a pretty established thing. Uh, fierce debates, lawsuits, if you've read the news in the past year, you know that there was a census and that new lines are being drawn. But gerrymandering has not generally affected the judicial branch. Now, efforts in Illinois to increase judicial diversity have been fairly administered through sub-circuit plans in Cook and Will, Kane, Lake, McHenry, and Winnebago counties, uh, where judges are elected from sub-districts within those counties. Um, usually then, countywide or circuit-wide elected judges retire, and they're replaced, and new judges are then elected from those smaller districts. So this is not anything that's new. In every case prior to the passage and signing of Public Act 102694, just days ago, the choosing of subcircuit elections occurred in some sort of numerical order, where each subcircuit had the chance to elect at least one judge before any other subcircuit had the chance to elect a second subcircuit judge. Um, I'll bring your attention in Cook County. It was the first to do subcircuits in 1991. Actually, by law, the order was chosen by lot. They signed and then they went in numerical order, or they went in the order of the lot, but they elected one judge from each district, and then before a second judge got, uh, before a second election in a sub-circuit happened, someone had been elected from each sub-circuit. So, like I said, um, uh, when the five other counties divided sub-circuits in 2005, the other counties I mentioned through Public Act 94-3, Judges retired, and then they were elected from sub-circuits in numerical 
or generally numerical order. So what does this have to do with Madison County and this map? Well, on January 5th of this year, with no notice, entirely done within one calendar day, the Illinois General Assembly passed a sub-circuit plan for Madison County. And if you'll forget Bond County in this map real quick and just look at Madison, that's what I'm going to address this evening. Um, so the plan was constructed by Chicago politicians, signed by our Chicago governor. According to media resources, they received no input from any of our local judiciary, and it divides Madison County seconds. voters. I'm sorry? You have 30 seconds. Holy cow. C could I ask maybe for an extension to that time? Okay. Well, I'm going to make it real easy. They divided into three districts, and the District 1 is to the left. They get three judges. District 2 is the green one. They get three judges. And District 3 is to the right. It's the orange one, and it only gets two judges. Dividing eight judges by three, they're not whole numbers, right? And so the people on, on the east side of the Thank county... You. you can leave your notes with the... Okay. Uh, the, the people on the east side of the county miss out, and they don't get to elect judges for another 10 years, and I think that that's really unfortunate. Thank you. Thank you. you. Do we have Jeff Lerner in the crowd? Jeff, if you can uh, please take your time as you walk down the stairs. And again, we have three minutes. Uh, we'll sound the gavel at two and a half, so you know you've got 30 seconds. Chairman, could you see I'm Mark present? Did you get Okay. Go ahead and start at any time. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, board members. My name is Jeff Lauren, and I'm a resident of Edwardsville. I'm speaking tonight as a concerned citizen of Madison County. Having been in law enforcement, I'm concerned about the direction the Chicago liberals are taking the state in many ways, but especially on law enforcement and law and order issues. It's not enough that the so-called criminal justice reform already hamstrings our law enforcement, but now they want to dictate who is going to serve on the courts and hear these cases. These judges will hear cases from across the county. Shouldn't the county voters be allowed to vote on these judges? Thank you. Thank you. Um, do we have State, State Representative Amy Ellick? I'll be brief and to the point here because I didn't really have anything specifically prepared. I think everybody's aware of the process that this uh, went through, but I'll review it very quickly. Uh, last Wednesday, we were in session in Springfield. We received notice. I received notice about 11.15 a.m. that a bill had been filed in the House. Uh, back up Monday evening, the 3rd, late, there was actually a map filed online, and then the actual bill that would implement that map was not filed until Wednesday at about 11.15 a.m. in the House. There was a brief hearing at about 1 o'clock in the House. And then we sat around and waited all day. And later, uh, early evening, we found that um, the House wasn't moving fast enough. The Senate decided to drop their own bill. Went through the Senate very quickly. Uh, Senator Plummer's here. He could probably speak more to that. 
came over to the House after an hour's notice, and it was voted on at about 10.30 p.m. that evening. Um, we spoke out strongly against this bill as the House Republicans, and I know the Senate Republicans did too. I'm, I'm still strongly opposed to this bill. It's actually even worse than we thought, given the very short time frame that we had to review the bill. You know, reviewing it afterwards, it's, it's even worse than we thought. So, um, again, I stand strongly opposed, and um, we'll look for, for any way that we can in the legislature to reverse this. But with the supermajority of Democrats, I'm not sure that that's going to be possible. So I would just ask that you take that into account when you're making your decision tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Senator Plummer. If everybody can hear me, I'll just stand away from this. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, for letting me speak. Uh, first, I just want to say uh, thank you for all you do for the citizens of Madison County, and I mean that. If you look at the levy and what you all do with the budget here in the county, it's nice to come from a place that is doing their best in an era of ever, ever, ever increasing living expenses to, uh, to see a, a county government that tries to restrain uh, the taxes on, on the people. So thank you. Uh, I really want to be very brief. I want to offer myself as a resource to the county board because I'm actually on the redistricting committee in Springfield. So all the stuff you've heard about, whether that's the judicial maps, the legislative maps, the congressional maps, I've been in every meeting. I've, I've been involved in all of that. I think I can provide a lot of uh, um, you know sunlight into what happened, how it happened, the process. I think you'd be dismayed. I've heard people talk about Republicans and Democrats. To me, this is not a partisan issue. I don't care if you're a Republican or Democrat or independent or what you are. Uh, the fact of the matter is, if you look at that map, there are Republicans, Democrats, and independents in every part of this county that are being disenfranchised by this process. This is a complete overreach by one branch of government into the, the actions of an of a, of a co-equal branch of government. Uh, the judicial branch should not be... Uh, uh, kind of sticking their nose in our business, and we should not be choosing how the judges are randomly selected in this county versus how they're randomly selected in other counties. If they did this in the middle of the night in less than 24 hours in Madison County, what are they going to do tomorrow, whether Republicans in charge or Democrats in charge? This isn't a partisan issue. This is a good government issue. Our system of government is not supposed to function in this manner. Um, I would say this wasn't just Chicago uh, folks, like I heard. Um, there's a group of people involved in this, and yes, a lot of them came from Chicago, but people from the Metro East were involved in this process too, and they weren't the judges, they weren't the court officers, they weren't anybody in this room that you think should be involved in this process as representatives of the people of Madison County. So I don't care where you're from or what your political affiliation is, what town you live in, people in your district are being disenfranchised by this process. Uh, every person does not have an equal vote going forward in the judicial branch in Madison County, Illinois, and there's serious legal consequences to this. So I appreciate you taking a look at this. It's, it's a real problem. I hope you can do something to address it. It's not a partisan issue. It's not a geographic issue. It's just a good government issue, and I, I hope you take uh, substantive action. Thank you. Thank you, Senator Plummer. Uh, I did want to mention that uh, we do have a representative here from uh, Senator Rochelle Crow's office, Neil Hawkins. Uh, he was given an opportunity to speak, but he, he chose not to. So, But he's here in attendance. I will say that uh, my office reached out to a state representative 
Katie Stewart uh, by email and also by phone, and uh, she said that, uh, or her office said that she would not be attending. We did also reach out to State Representative Jay Hoffman <clears throat> by email and phone, and uh, was, and uh, we were told by his office that he would not make it. And then uh, also our office reached out to uh, uh, Senator, State Senator Chris Belt by email and called, but no answer on the phone. So uh, just wanted to make that a part of the record. I would then uh, entertain uh, a motion to uh, a motion for the resolution which so you moved. received, Mr. Second. Walters, Mr. Madison. Oh, Mr. Gray, second. Um, there we have it. Uh, any discussion or comments? I'd like yes, to Mr. make a Gray. comment, Mr. Chairman. Thank you. <clears throat> I look at the the map that was in front of us, and it's just disappointing because. A couple months ago, we all came together and put forth a bipartisan map, and this is precisely the opposite of that. As a county board, we all worked hard, came together, and that's the best of what we have to offer, and I think this is the worst of what Illinois has to offer. It's done at the last minute, in the dead of night. It's a great example of pure partisanship, gerrymandering, and in sub-circuit three, particularly the people that I represent, it disenfranchises every single one of the people in my district. We get fewer judges, and we have to wait until the seventh and eighth vacancy to have an opportunity to vote on a judge to represent us. I want to encourage Mr. Hain to take any and all legal action to help protect the people of my district, and I'd like to encourage my fellow colleagues to, again, show that we can work together as a board to represent the best of Illinois. Thank you. Any other comments or questions? Mr. Stockborough, go ahead. Yeah, Senator Plummer said it's a bipartisan. If you could speak into the, the mic, please. Is it turned on? It, it's, it is. It's a little more difficult because you have a mask on. Uh, Senator Plummer said that it's a bipartisan issue, and then we call it a gerrymandering issue. Uh, we have two parties in the United States, and they're practiced here locally. The two parties, one is the in party, the other one is the out party. These rotate. You know, right now the in party is Republican. Sometime, maybe in the future, that would change. Is this a resolution that would be, you know, if it's gerrymandering, what's good for one now would be good for the other one later. And you know, looking towards the future on this, uh, it looks like you named off other counties that had implemented this. Is there great dissatisfaction in those counties? Do we know? Any knowledge of what they've responded and done? Whoever could answer the question, you know, Mr. Chairman, uh, if it's a, we'll go ahead and finish first, and then we'll see. We'll, we'll or would you the like other to, thing is, we, you know, we've got we've talked about the three three two situations. These were divided one two and three by population, and representing the that large orange area. I wonder if there was any caseload uh, consideration going into it. 
I would imagine that the highest caseload is in the purple area for three judges to take care of. Second highest would be in the green area. And I would imagine you get out in the farm area, they don't fight like we do in the cities. So there's probably fewer cases, so caseload is probably smaller in the area where they're talking about uh, the, the two. And the final question, what is it going to cost us to fight this? And is it a fight? Or what is our probability of winning? And so putting together the risk versus probability and the cost, how much will it cost us to fight this? If you, Mr. Sombrero, if I could just turn, open it up for any other discussion or if any. Mr. Madison. Yeah, I'd like to respond to that, Mr. Chairman. Um, you know, the first part of your statement would make sense if who, whichever party was in power only represented that party. But that's not how this country works. If the Republicans are in power, the Republicans represent the Democrats too, and vice versa. My question would be, if, if that's the way you want to do things in Illinois, how would the Democrats like it if the Republicans did that to them? I'm pretty sure they wouldn't like it. And there's a lot of people that disagree in politics, and I understand that. And there's a lot of my constituents that aren't happy with me on, say, my uh, vaccine mandate resolution. But I, I signed up to do this job and swore an oath to follow and uphold the Constitution. And dis, disenfranchising the, uh, another party just because you can is not a reason. Uh, it's not using logic. It's not a reasonable thing to expect. So as long, I mean, the Democrat Party has been pretty much in control of Springfield since 2003, uh, other than a short stint from a governor, a couple of governors. And so does that mean that as a Republican, uh, I can expect to be treated poorly until the Republicans win back office? Because that's not the way it's supposed to work. Thank you. Any other comments? Mr. Walters. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. <clears throat> this has brought before the Judiciary Committee, which I'm on, uh, Deb Detmers did an excellent job of bringing this to us and explaining it to us. One of the things that I brought up was the fact that this isn't a part, this is not bipartisan in Madison County because not one judge was contacted. To me, the biggest slap in the face would be to Chief Judge Much, who, by the way, is a Democrat. They didn't even contact him. They didn't have the common courtesy to call the chief judge and explain what they were doing. There are judges on both sides of the aisle that don't like this. What they're doing, and if you listen to Mr. Adamite, is that when they've done these subcommittees or whatever you want to call them, sorry, each, com each committee would get a one judge, then the next one, then the next one. They would go back. Not in this one. Where I live, we won't get to vote, I believe, until it's 2030. Does that sound about correct? 2030 before anybody in my district can vote for a judge? We are disenfranchising two-thirds of the county on every single judge's vote. And I don't care if you're Republican, Democrat, Independent, Green Party, Progressive Party, whatever. You should the, the people that stuck their noses into our business on pure political reasons because they don't like what's happening to our county. 
Okay, the people of Madison County have a right to vote for their judges. We've done it for 200 years. All of a sudden, with everything happening, we have to change. What we don't have to change is the people in Springfield. Unfortunately, we had some people from our county vote for this. This is not, in Madison County, a partisan thing. This is taking your people's rights away to, to vote on two-thirds of the elections. My people, Robert's people, everybody is losing. And, and I'm sorry, when you don't contact the chief judge and say, hey, this is what we're looking at doing, or, or I'm sorry, Tom McRae, a circuit clerk, and say this is what we're doing, what are your thoughts, this no longer is about what's best for our county because you should have contacted some people from our county that do deal with the judges, got their understanding. That's when we could have maybe worked something out. But nobody was contacted. And I'm sorry, I, I, I am frustrated because this is a pure political move by certain people. Mike, you're, you are open and welcome in terms of uh, added, added information to who was or wasn't contacted. Senator Plummer has availed himself of the board, and although his time for public comment is up, board members are, are certainly open and free to ask him any questions they have about, about how that process worked. He was on the committee. Just I'd like to first just let, let okay, anyone because I am on the, ask on the county board, just any, any folks who would well, like to I wasn't finished. Mr. Babcock, go ahead. Sorry. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> I guess, Go I ahead, guess Mr. Babcock. Let Matt King go first, please. Sure. Would you? Mr. King. Uh, Mr. Hain, what is what can you do? I want to know. Say what again. You can do. What can you do? He's so, asking uh, what what you can do, Tom. On behalf of the county, so um, I believe there may be a viable lawsuit um, uh, that uh, that may be able to prevent the implementation of this law um, because of the short time frame imposed on Madison County. Uh, but not imposed on other counties. Uh, you know, other counties have until 2024 I, uh, for no apparent reason to implement this law. I believe there may be a viable lawsuit uh, that uh, my office is capable and prepared to uh, consider, and if uh, if reasonably viable, pursue, and uh, and possibly retain the services of outside counsel to assist us in that effort. Um, and uh, and I've been researching over the last few days, and we, you know, subject to the board's uh, direction here, uh, would be perfectly uh, willing and able to pursue the interests of Madison County in whatever court of law is appropriate uh, to make sure that no voting rights are diluted in Madison County, that no citizens are disenfranchised, that our county government isn't uh, abused. Um, in a way that's unequal to other county governments for no particular reason, and then also to protect the independence of the, of the judiciary. Uh, in this case, as Senator Plummer, Plummer pointed out, I think there's a viable concern for the independence of the judiciary. You have a, an instance here where the facts may show that uh, the General Assembly has saw fit to try to control the outcomes of the judiciary by choosing their voters. So uh, the judiciary may have an interest in protecting its rights here, and I think that uh, the county government is well-suited to pursue uh, litigation because we uniquely are uh, imposed with a truncated time frame when we had two previously certified at-large judgeships up for election that were about to enter into the petition circulation period. Um, and also we have this unique front-loaded sub-circuit scenario. So... Um, I will not file any frivolous 
lawsuits if that is my even upon the direction of the county board um, if that is where the my legal research takes me but I'm um, perfectly willing and uh, and uh, and frankly honored to try to pursue the interests of Madison County and protect the rights of Madison County citizens and protect the independence of Madison County Judiciary uh, in the court of law whatever court of law is appropriate very good any other comments or questions Kurt, if I may. Mr. Babcock, go ahead. I'd like to say this in the simplest terms, that for anyone who doesn't understand in this room what transpired, we have two sitting circuit judges who are being basically through Rochelle Crow's legislation that they passed in the Senate. Katie Stewart actually drafted it originally, okay, drafted it in the House originally, and it, and it didn't move fast enough, so Rochelle Crow drew it up and drafted it and she represents us and i'm a little concerned that we have a state senate senator and a house representative in our district that gave us no fair input whatsoever all of us county board members should be upset about that not the fact that it's a party issue okay and maybe it is but they targeted two circuit judges who are republican to force them to move from their house to a different neighborhood into a certain district that is predominantly Democrat. That is targeting. That has got to be unlawful to do, but unfortunately, because they have a supermajority, they can pass these things in the state of Illinois, while at the same time in this county, it's the values of the people are shifting and they're changing to more conservative values because they're tired of what the other side does over and over and over again. And you can say Chicago, you can say whatever you want. Who's ever put this in place did it intentionally to force these two people out of their homes and run in different di districts that are less likely to vote for a Republican. That's the simplest terms I can put it in. And, and I'm just imploring every county board member to indicate that this is shameful. It's shameful what they're doing to us in Madison County. They did it at the MESD board. You saw it. They took that appointee out of Kurt's hand and shifted it down to Granite City. They've done it to Amy Ellick. They, they're forcing, they forced her in a Germandy way to move out of her home if she's going to run for that seat again. This is what they're doing to us in Madison County, and it's shameful. That's my comments. Thank you, Mr. Babcock. Any other comments or questions? Mr. Foster. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman. I have just, I'll keep this brief. Did anyone ever contact you about this? No. So as I go down the list, because I attended the judiciary meeting last week, uh, our chief judge, Mr. Mudge, wasn't contacted. Our circuit clerk, Mr. McCrate, wasn't contacted. I don't know if anyone on the board was contacted, let alone any of our countywide electeds that were contacted. But yet we have legislation that's been passed concerning our county and only our county because our bill is written different than any other bill in the state of Illinois, yet no one to represent the county was contacted on this bill. I encourage every person on this board to vote yes on this resolution tonight because if they're going to do this because the Republicans are in charge, and this is not a Republican or Democrat issue as far as this board is concerned. But if this is going to happen now, it's going to happen again in the future. And when you're on the receiving end of this, I can tell you it's not a very good feeling to have when you step into this 
arena of politics for the right reasons to have some people outside your districts making decisions for you against every belief you possibly have. It's not a good feeling. I wouldn't wish it on the other side of the aisle, and I'm definitely not going to wish it on my side of the aisle. Thank you. Mr. Hain, you have my full support into pursuing this. Thank you, Mr. Foster. Mr. Guy, go ahead. Yes. This, this new law that's taken effect affected eight, eight sub-circuits throughout the state. And if you notice, the eight sub-circuits that were created or impacted are all in areas where Republicans have been successful at being elected judge. What's going on at the state level, at the federal level, is just getting more partisan, more partisan, more partisan. And that's what we've seen with this, this new law that was ran through in just a matter of hours. It was ran through so fast that it was indeed sloppy. Very sloppy, not professional at all. In fact, in Madison County, if you recall, the legislature, there's a bill signed what, November 15th by the governor that allowed counties to expand the precincts up to 1,200 registered voters. They gave us 60 days to do that. They gave every county, every election authority in the state, 60 days to update their precincts. That's what they did. That was their plan. They know better than us, right? Well, again, they rammed through this bill so freaking fast that they failed to list precincts that no longer exist in Madison County. Precincts that no longer exist in, throughout the whole freaking state. They didn't bother to call our county clerk or any of the county clerks in this state where they made these changes. Said, hey, you know, we, we know we passed a law and said you guys got to change your precincts. And they failed to list. They have old precincts. Precinct boundaries that no longer exist. That goes to show how freaking sloppy this bill is. Next thing, sub-circuits one, two, and three. Judge Scholler, Judge Threckeld were appointed to run countywide. Again, forcing them to move. We've heard them say that. You go back, the, the map we passed in this county, bipartisan map. It's fair. We reduce the board by three seats. The map passed here, again, is all about electing more Democrats. Do you remember we did a lottery out of it? Not the real authentic Abe Lincoln hat, but a Lincoln hat. And we did a lottery to pick when we were all up for election to make, again, make that fair. What did the Democrat-controlled legislature do? Uh, we're going to single out Madison County only. One out of the eight circuits changed and singled out Madison County to make sure sub-circuit one is the only circuit up for election in 2022. All the other ones up in 2024. That's just, again, how partisan this, this new law really is. So again, I'll, I ask the county board members to join me as well in voting in favor of this resolution. Um, we need fairness in our courts. We've been fighting that, for that for a long time in our state, especially in Madison and St. Clair County. I'll be voting yes. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Guy. Any other comments or questions? Yes, Mr. Stott. Yeah, sounds like oh, Ms. Let, let me If I could let Ms. Sure. Harris uh, speak first since she hasn't spoken. Ms. Harris, go ahead. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Everyone in this county has had a right to vote on our nine circuit judges previously until this recent legislation. Two-thirds of our county just lost their opportunity to vote. This is big. 
The ability to choose our circuit judges was literally just stolen from Madison County residents in the darkness of night on a bill that started as one for court security, was changed at the last minute to create these sub-circuits, essentially taking the voice away from thousands of residents. We would be remiss to sit by and not say anything. In the other counties that this happened in, this doesn't start until 2024. Notably, this past January 6th, and what people might not realize is January 13th is the date which judge candidates can begin passing petitions for office. In this legislation, our county was split into these three sub-circuits, which we've heard about tonight. To my knowledge, and from what I've heard tonight, it sounds as if there was no public meeting or input, as is typically the law when drawing boundaries for elective offices. So, of course, we're all surprised when this legislation is introduced and these gerrymandered districts are inserted into the state bill. The fact that the first three openings come from the first, the next from the second, three from the second, and the following from the third means that a huge part of the county will not even vote for a judge for at least 10 years. People from Godfrey all the way to Highland just lost their right to vote. And this isn't diversity, this is disenfranchisement. The Wall Street Journal, one of the most respected papers in the United States, called the Madison County a judicial hellhole. We've had a difficult time shaking that title, and this certainly doesn't help. How does the cultivation help us attract residents and businesses to our county? And isn't that what we want to be doing, along with fairness in our courts? So I would ask those who are alarmed, shocked, angry, also, to put aside all of our differences and stand together in this improper act, because fairness is important, especially in our court system. This reeks of everything people hate about politics. And thank you to Amy Ellick, to Jason Plummer for standing in opposition to this. Um, thank you to the voters or to those voters that just lost their voice. Um, I will support this resolution tonight to fight for your right to vote. And I have confidence that Mr. Hain and his team will stand up for the citizens of Madison County. Thank you, Ms. Harris. Thank you. Mr. Stottenberg, go ahead. Yeah, it's been an informative uh, if you information. Could, it's really hard to hear you with the mask on. A lot of informative information. But I still ask one question, uh, uh, Mr. Hain. What do you expect the cost would be to fight this? Uh, it's unclear. It depends on how long it takes. Uh, it would be a possibly likely involved the retention of an outside uh, lawyer or lawyers to assist us in this matter. As you all know, um, we're, we're uh, dealing with a lack of a civil chief. Andy Carruthers is now Judge Andy Carruthers. Um, so... Uh, it's hard to tell, but it would be subject to billing, and uh, when those bills come before the county board, they can they can be discussed at that point. But I can do you not, shoot a range? It's hard for me to issue a range, frankly. It, you know, not more than um, it's hard to hard for me to issue a range. But it would be, I think, uh, reasonable of the county board to pursue this, and I promise them that I will uh, make sure this is not a blank check, and we will pursue only litigations that appropriate. That's appropriate. So. Mr. Foster, go ahead. Yeah, Mr. Hain, what does it cost if we don't try to de defeat this? Well, if uh, we make no effort, um, then the law goes into effect. And um, then you're dealing with uh, all of the maleffects that everyone's discussing today. Um, and you're dealing with uh, an immediate implementation of a law that's highly ambiguous and complicated, affecting uh, two, possibly three, um, uh, circuit elections, uh, and those would have implications for years to come. 
So I think the costs are also ambiguous, <laughs> hard for me to give a range, um, but are very high. And then there's the cost of principle, which is uh, judicial independence in this case, um, and that is very severe indeed. So uh, it would be uh, retention of a law firm um, involves uh, billing rates dependent upon that law firm. Um, it would involve uh, work over the next two to three weeks, likely, you know, unlikely to be more, but uh, possibly longer than that. Um, and then, you know, the case would be uh, concluded one way or the other. It wouldn't be an ongoing issue. So, Would it be safe to say that every person that's voted in the past election's vote has now just been thrown out the window because someone in Springfield thinks they know more about what's best for the Madison County voters than what the Madison County voters do? I think that's safe to say. So it would also be safe to say that to defend the voters' rights, there is no cost involved. It's something that we need to do to protect the people that we represent. That's subject to the discretion of the county board. You hold the purse strings of the county, um, and, uh, and I respect that. And so in this case, I would, I would uh, tell you that I will make sure that we uh, control costs um, but that we also aggressively pursue, upon your direction, uh, the vindication of our very basic rights, which is fair judges. Everyone wants a fair judge in the court of law. A, law, a, a judiciary is not a legislature. And uh, this imposition of, uh, of uh, this hyper-partisan gerrymandering mentality into the judiciary is itself breaching the wall between the legislative and judiciary branch. That principle is hard fought. It's a very important principle, and it's one that I think is worth a lot to defend. Thank you. Mr. Goggin? Yeah, these uh, circuit judge positions, you know, this is kind of like the, the farm club that feeds appellate courts and Supreme Courts, and by letting Springfield choose the, picker, the winners, you know, winners and losers at this level, it, it's going to affect the judiciary all over the state, you know, for decades to come by, by freezing people out here. It's just horrible. And, and shame again on Katie Stewart and, and Senator Crow for voting for this. Shame on them. Thank you. Mr. Guy? I know we have Senator Plummer here with us that serves on the redistricting committee, and we've, we've made a lot of commentary, and I just want to see if maybe he has anything else he'd like to elaborate on the process. What happened in Springfield? I think, yeah, we want to get on with the meeting. What I'd like to mention, though, too, is another thing to point out was maybe Senator Palmer could correct me on this. I, I believe it's been 50, 60 years or so since these these sub circuits or circuits have been changed. So it's not like a process of every 10 years, like the legislature. This is unprecedented. You know, it just rarely happens. Is there just a specific question? I, don't, I think we could go on with comments all night. I think we want to just, but any specific question? Has it been 60 years? This isn't gerrymandering every 10 years. This is the legislature 
picking and choosing judges. And to uh, the, the question, uh, the sub-circuit in Sangamon County today is the same sub-circuit that was in existence when Abraham Lincoln was a lawyer in Sangamon County. And that's where sub-circuit, that's where circuit comes. They wrote the circuit going from courthouse to courthouse, right? These things haven't changed in many cases in decades. Some, some <coughs> never. And the process, just so everyone is aware, was very simple. Uh, we had a hearing on, there's corruption in the Cook County courts, and there's a Operation Grey Lord, there's a creation of sub-circuits in Cook County in the early 90s. Nothing had been touched since then. Uh, there was a piece of legislation, we had a hearing a week or 10 days before Christmas on the Cook County sub-circuits. Uh, I attended as a member of the redistricting committee. Uh, as that meeting was closing, I said, is there any intent to um, do anything with sub-circuits in any other part of the state. Uh, this is less than a month ago. And I was told that they would have to get back to us. And then there was debate about that. We didn't hear anything more. And on the, the last day, a couple weeks ago, when we were in session, uh, an hour and a half before we left Springfield, a 389 or so page bill was dropped on us that redid all of these sub-circuits. Not a member of the Illinois State Senate read that bill. The time wasn't allowed to read the bill, and this was passed. So um, th this wasn't just done in the dark of night. The redistricting committee didn't have a single hearing on this. The members of the Senate had no hearings on this. The members of the House had no hearings on this. So this isn't just run-of-the-mill partisan gerrymandering. The question I would be asking if I was a county board member whose constituents are being disenfranchised is, who drew the map? If the Illinois State Senate Redistricting Committee did not draw the redistricting map, who drew it? Who wrote the bill? And why was it done? I think those are questions that have to be asked. Thank you. Any other questions or comments before we vote? Hearing none, roll call. Again, when you're voting Tom, yes, you're voting for me, the resolution. Excuse me, Kurt. Can you explain exactly what a yes vote is for? Yes, yes. I was just going to no do that. A no vote is for? A, yes, a okay. yes vote is voting for the resolution that's before you. And the resolution states? Well, we don't. I don't think right we need here. to read it. Yeah, no, it I've, I've read it. I just read it. Yeah. But I, I just want to make sure the resolution states that we are going. We do not like what they've done, correct? We're trying to reverse what they've done, and, it, and, and we would take all legal matters to do so. Is that correct? I think it's uh, your point, Mr. Babcock, is that we are voting for the resolution. We're not voting. A yes vote is not to endorse the new map. A vote yes is to a voting for the resolution. Given that, Thank I would, you. roll call. Mr. Chairman. Yes, motion, motion carries. You're going to More call to on say? me? Oh, to say I Mr. just Walters. wanted to say sorry. Uh, to the board, thank you. I, again, we show in Madison County that we work well together. We've done it for 
many years, and I want to thank everybody because, you know, what you've done is you stood up and you said, you know what, we're going to work together as a county, Republicans and Democrats, and, and do what's right. So once again, Madison County shows the state and the rest of the country how two parties can actually work together to get things done. So I, I applaud you, and again, thank you all for, for your vote. Any unfinished business? Any new business? Hearing none, I would entertain a motion to adjourn. A little late, Mr. Walters, but all I... I